the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Growing up as a Christian and making a firmer commitment to Christ after I graduated from college, I was excited, continually excited, about the idea that I was, adopted, I was an adopted son of God. I was always very encouraged by that. You know, for an adopted son, is it adoption, you're chosen. Birth, you just, my mom and dad didn't choose that. They just had me, had to accept me. An adoption is a, cho- is a choice, you choose. So I was chosen, you were chosen. Adopted son, adopted daughter of God. That's a powerful thing to, to be encouraged by. You're adopted. I want you, but I want you. That's a powerful thing. What an encouragement. Adopted, God wants me. God wants me. And so, that has always been a great encouragement to me. And as we journeyed into the church, into the Orthodox Church, back in the early 80s, I remember that I began to understand that I was not just an adopted son, but I had brothers and sisters that had gone before me. We used to sing a song here, the song that you're not, the song that we're singing is a song that you sung, hiding in the catacombs and meeting on the run. Thrown to the lions, you kept your testimony true. My heart is blessed by the memory of you. And so we began this journey to, the, to understand the saints, to understand our brothers and sisters. And we started, interestingly enough, with two tiny little icons. And people were a little worried that the, that'd be too much. Well, take a look. <laughs> they multiplied. Why? And it's interesting because they didn't multiply just because that was the thing to do. They multiplied because they affected us. Because we began to understand that when you ask the prayers of the saints, those that have gone before us to their rest, the martyrs, the confessors, the ascetics, uh, the bishops, the priests, the deacons that have gone before us to their rest, Their prayers are effective. The effectual prayer of a righteous man will avail much. They they became powerful to us. So our story is that really, for me, it's, it's it's a story of experience. A story of of beginning to gain an understanding of a relationship with the saints that have gone before us. There's an incredible line in the uh, epistle reading where it says, they will not be made perfect apart from us. This was in reference to the Old Testament saints, but I think it refers even to them and to us today. That their perfection is also in us and our perfection's in them. And my perfection's in you and your perfection's in me. I can't be made perfect without David and Kate. David can't be made perfect without me. I can't be made perfect without St. Athanasius. He can't be made perfect without me. 
because we're a family. It's about community. It's about the body of Christ. That's a very powerful thing to think of. We're not individuals in the kingdom. We're, we're, we're together as a family. So there's a perfection we find in relating to other, to the saints that have gone before us. Now, they, in a way, to us come alive. They, 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 we enter a life with them that becomes very powerful. We see their suffering. We understand that they went through a lot to be perfected in Christ and to then become intercessors for us. We read uh, from Second uh, Corinthians this is the life of St. Paul. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes, above measure in prisons, more frequent in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. You think your life's tough? in journeying often in perils in waters, in perils in robbers, in perils in my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides other things, <laughs> and besides other things. This was all done for my deep concern for the church, he says. St. Paul. Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel. A very powerful prophet. You know, he was the one that gave this, the dry bones uh, reading for, uh, for, for the great uh, uh, Saturday of, uh, of Holy Week. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. A great gospel song came out of that that I remember as a kid. It was a very powerful thing that, the, that these bones are... He sees the bones, the flesh, being put on skeletons in proof of the resurrection. And he prophesied many, many other things. He was torn apart by horses. That's how he died. Elijah had to hide in caves, be, be fed by the raven. He's, Isaiah was sawn in two. Isaiah, the prophet. Daniel, thrown to lions. Beloved, the history of the church is, is peppered, salt and peppered, with dedicated people that gave their lives for Christ and for his church and for the kingdom of God and their prayers for us are so powerfully effective. I remember one time, uh, many times, we've asked the prayers of particular saints and Saint Zinya, for one, who visited us with uh, a, a weeping icon, um, for Saint Raphael, for the wayward, for um, Saint Athanasius the Great, all the saints that we've asked prayers for, have they, those prayers have been uh, faithfully heard and brought to Christ, and what was given back to us was what was expedient for us. So these things are so important to us to understand. So what are they to us today? They're 
first examples and we have to understand too that we will fail in trying to meet those examples I want to encourage you in that and that to conclude that the church is a family you know these saints are examples you know when I was growing up as a kid I lived in the park and uh, I, in the summertime that's all I did is go to the park and play baseball constantly and I knew every batting stance of every great player that ever played the game. And we all imitated them. I should give you one and see if you probably won't know this one. You don't know that one. Stan the Man Musial. Just like this. Okay? And then this was my favorite. That was Willie Mays. You know, I had them all. I had the greatest... I had the great pictures all, all mapped out. I, I followed everything. Juan Marichal, one of the great giants of all time. Seriously enough, you, you will be very surprised at this. At that time in my life, I was a Dodger fan. But I, I repented. I came to my senses. The reason that happened was I was a great Dodger fan. Living in the Bay Area, a great Dodger fan. My brother signed with the Giants. What do you do? It took a long time. It took about six months to transfer over, but I eventually did. Juan Marichal, the greatest leg kick in the history of baseball. I can't do it in all this stuff, but his leg kick came like right up to here, that high. And he threw from four different positions, over the top, three quarters, almost sidearm, and then underneath, he had 22 different pitches. Most devastating pitcher in the history of baseball, I think, when he was on, except for Sandy Koufax, who had this great little compact motion, 25 and 5 one year, one of the great, great pitchers. I'm way going off, way, way off here, so. <laughs> This is fun. This is fun stuff. I needed to wake you up. So, so here they are, they're great. So what do you do when you see a great player? What did you do? You imitated them. You, you'd watch how they pitched. you watched how they hit. you watch how they catch. Willie Mays used to catch the ball right here all the time. Never caught it up here. Only when he had to. They call it the basket catch. And, and the coaches went crazy when everybody was trying to do this. They wouldn't let you do this because only Willie could do this. There's a great line, I need to, sh I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off base here because I love Willie Mays. There was a great, it was an all-star game, and he hit a shot into, into the gap in right center field. And it bounced off the wall and he gets a triple. And, and the announcer said, hmm, that's interesting. The only guy that could have caught it, hit it. Through Maze, anything in center field, near anything in that center, he got it. The only thing, the only guy that could have caught it, hit it. So this, he was my favorite baseball player of all time, as you can tell. Uh, so what do you do? You imitate them. You do exactly what they. You you hit like them. You catch like them. You throw like them. Everything. So what do we do with the saints? We imitate them. We we find out how they prayed. We find out what they prayed. How did they fast it? How did they give alms? How did they live the spiritual life? And we thank 
speak to God have that information. We have their lives. So powerful, so wonderful that we can do what they did, live like they lived, be encouraged by the things they did and, and how they lived the Christian life. That, to me, is such a powerful thing. We don't need to guess at that. You know, for somebody to want to be a great baseball player, you would imitate the great baseball players. To be a great musician, you would imitate those people that went before you. So we are to imitate them. There are our examples. So how did they pray? And this was our journey to the faith, to orthodoxy. We asked how they prayed. And when we found out how they prayed, we were going to pray that way. How did they worship? When we found out how they worship, we worshiped that way. We found, how did they fast? We found out how they fasted, and then we fast that way. How did they give alms? You know, it's interesting, the formula for almsgiving is you live on a third, you give a third to the church, and you give a third to the poor. That's the formula of the saints. If you can afford that, that's what you try to do. A third, a third, a third. One of those thirds can actually go to the pastor's vacation fund, and that, that's, that, that works too. There isn't one, by the way. I need a, a formula that's kind of just keeps things light once in a while. There's no vacation fund. If somebody wants to start one, that would be a good idea, though. So, we come to this, and I know sometimes that when we try to follow the lives of the saints, it gets very frustrating for us. Because you read their saints, and say, well, I can't do that. How can I do that? How can I, how can I live in a third and give a third to the poor and a third to the church? How can I do that? See? How do I do that? I, I, we almost out of the chute fail when we try to imitate them. But the goal isn't to imitate exactly what they do. It's to imitate their virtue, to imitate their effort, and to understand that we fail that, that we as Christian people, when we, hit, we try to hit the mark of perfection, the Lord gave us the, the, uh, the commandment, the encouragement, the, the word to be holy even as the Father in heaven, to be perfect even as the Father in heaven is perfect. That's your goal. So how many reach that mark? Raise your hand. See, we fail. We understand that. We understand that this is a... We leap, we make the effort, but we, but we do fall, and we, and we fall short. And let me just read this encouragement to us from St. Paul. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So it's by God's grace and mercy that we live the Christian life. We are to make the effort, as St. Paul says, and this is the faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have been believed in God should not should be careful to maintain good works. So we should continue to make our efforts. But we understand that we fall short. I want to read something from St. John of the Ladder in relation to this because I think it's very encouraging. For those that are struggling, along with me, 
I consider the fallen mourners more blessed than those who have not fallen and are not mourning themselves because as a result of their fall, they have risen by a sure resurrection. Let me read that again. I consider the fallen mourners, those that know their failing, more blessed than those who have not fallen and are not mourning themselves because a result of the fall, because of a result of the fall, they have risen by a sure resurrection. You need to understand that, that your effort, even the failure of your effort, is blessed by God when you repent and turn back to Him. You know, sometimes, again, sometimes our struggle in failure is that we don't get up and we don't repent and we don't continue to try to make the effort. That's not blessed. What is blessed is when you fall and you know you're fallen. You're a fallen mourner. You're mourning. Lord, forgive me a sinner. You're blessed, God says, because you know then the sure resurrection. So understand this, to, to, to understand that we are to make an effort, to understand that that effort is difficult, to understand that we will fail at that effort. But when we fail, we get up. When we fail, we repent. For God is gracious. God is merciful. You know, the sins that we commit are so minuscule in relationship to God's mercy. It's like a pebble in the ocean. So turn to him. Ask for his help. Mourn your sin. That's good. But turn in repentance to him and find the sure resurrection. So when you imitate the saints, which we should do, and when you fail, repent. And mourn those sins and find the sure resurrection. So I want to encourage you in that. And finally, the church is a family. Christ is her head. We're all inclusive. Again, we're not made perfect apart from one another. Wow. So you're responsible to help me be perfect. And I'm responsible to help you to be perfect. We hold each other in that way accountable, but we stand each other more, more prayerfully. So, as St. Paul encourages us, let's lay aside every weight and every sin. Let's run the race together, depending on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.